Good morning and welcome to the product of IT Cybersecurity Daily number 257. It is Wednesday, December 2nd, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and another day, another school ransomware attack. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning. We have reached the halfway point of what seems like the longest week ever, the week after Thanksgiving. Always feels like such a long week, doesn't it? Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be great. Um, and if we if you do that, I will speed this week up for you. How about that? And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to LinkedIn and or Facebook and join the Get HIPAA Compliance group where you will learn all kinds of HIPAA stuff. Um, hopefully how to prevent a ransomware attack. Let's jump into it. First up, if you have an account in the Cayman Islands, listen up. This is on ThreatPost. Cayman Islands bank records or bank records exposed in open Azure blob and offshore Cayman Islands banks backups covering a $500 million investment portfolio were left unsecured and leaking personal banking information, passport data, and even online banking pins. A Cayman Island investment firm has removed years of backups, which up until recently were easily available online thanks to a misconfigured Microsoft Azure blob. The blob's single URL led to a vast stores of files including personal banking information, passport data, and even online banking pins, which in addition to security problem presents a potential public relations nightmare for a firm in the business of discrete, anonymous, offshore financial transactions. The massive cybersecurity blunder was pointed out by a researcher to the register, which agreed not to disclose the name of the compromised bank in return for details about how this happened. Once evidence was given to the bank of the exposed data, the information was passed on to a bank staffer with a college computer science background. The report added, there was no one else on staff specifically dedicated to cybersecurity. The register added that the firm's staff were completely unaware how the Azure Blob worked. The Azure Blob is Microsoft's backup storage solution that competes with Amazon Web Services S3 Bucket and other cloud storage solutions. The entire operation was completely dependent on an outside provider for cybersecurity. The register said the firm's claim the firm claims it manages $500 million in investments. This was a backup solution provided by our IT vendor in Hong Kong, which we saw as a fairly normal cloud provision, the bank employee said in response to the register. Clearly, there were some issues here. The data has since been removed from view by the IT vendor. Cybersecurity and legal expert Leah Leah Kolachenko, who founded and serves as the CEO of IlluminiWeb, said the investment firm should expect fallout from the breach. For the specific case, most jurisdictions will likely consider this incident to be gross negligence, exposing the fund to a series of lawsuits from the clients. Kolochenko told ThreatPost in the past, similar incidents led to bankruptcies due to irreparable impact on reputation and inability to continue operations with the frustrated customers. We should also expect various law enforcement agencies in charge of prosecution in charge of prosecution of tax evasion or money laundering to start probe of the documents for investigative purposes. Um, so yet another inco- another incorrectly configured, you know, it usually is Amazon S3 buckets, but this time it was Azure Blob, which is basically the same thing, except it's Microsoft instead of Amazon. 
and as a result you're looking at uh, lots of financial uh, repercussions and um, legal repercussions and for maybe a lot of people so we will see if anything further comes of that as we continue down the road here and also on threat post zoom impersonation attacks aim to steal credentials the better business bureau warns of phishing messages with the zoom logo that tell recipients they have missed meeting or suspended account and i have seen some of my clients have warned me about this that they've or they've told me about this that they've gotten similar emails a new zoom themed Phishing attack is circulating through email, text, and social media messages aiming to steal credentials for the video conferencing services. The BBB warned last week that the attack uses Zoom's logo and a message tells recipients that their Zoom accounts were suspended and to click a link to reactivate or they missed a Zoom meeting and to click a link to see the details and reschedule. So we saw some of this already. We were calling it, they were calling it turkey bombing instead of Zoom bombing. But now we're also seeing it where... Um, that their account was suspended so if you get that email message the best course of action for you is to log in just go to zoom.us and log in to right to there instead of clicking on any links in an email uh, according to the BBB scammers registered more than 2,449 zoom related domains from late April to early May cyber criminals and scammers are utilizing these domain names which include the word zoom to send emails that look like they're coming from official video conferencing service uh, zoom is zoom.us no other uh, domains that I'm aware of that they own it should come from zoom.us also on threat post electronic medical records cracked open by open clinic bugs Four security vulnerabilities in an open source medical records management platform allow remote code execution, patient data theft, and more. Four vulnerabilities have been discovered in the Open Clinic application for sharing electronic medical records. The most concerning of them would allow a remote, unauthenticated attacker to read patients' personal health information from the application. Open Clinic is an open source health records management software. Its latest version is point. 0.8.2 released in 2016 so I mean they haven't had an update in four years that that is a little um, a little concerning in itself but the flaws remain unpatched researchers at Bishop Fox said the project did not immediately return threat post requests for comment according to researchers the four bugs involve missing authentication insecure file upload cross-site scripting and path traversal there's some some dangerous stuff there. The most high severity bug, CVE 2020-28937, stems from a missing authentication check on request for medical test information. Authenticated healthcare users of the application can upload medical test documents for patients, which are then stored in the slash tests directory. Unfortunately, there is no requirement for patients to sign in in order to view the test results. Anyone, anyone with the full path to the valid medical test file could access this information, which could lead to loss of PHI for any medical records stored in the application, according to the firm writing on Tuesday posting. The mitigating factor is the fact that the attacker could or would need to know or guess the names of the files stored in the test directory in order to exploit the vulnerability. However, medical test file names can be predictable and valid file names could also be obtained through log files on the server or other networking infrastructure researchers wrote. Medical records are a hot commodity on the cyber criminal underground. Fraudsters bent on identity theft or phishing efforts can use the store of personal information to craft convincing campaigns. 
Another vulnerability found by Bishop Fox allows unauthenticated attacker to obtain remote code execution on the application server. This insecure file upload vote, uh, bug, CVE 2020-28939, allows the administrative and administrator user roles to upload malicious files such as PHP web shells, which can lead to arbitrary code execution on the application server. Administrative users with the ability to enter medical tests for patients were able to upload files to the application using the open slash open clinic slash medical slash test underscore new dot php endpoint. According to Bishop Fox, this endpoint did not restrict the types of files that could be uploaded to the application. As a result, it was possible to upload a file containing a simple PHP web shell. Malicious users of the application could, could use this vulnerability to obtain access to sensitive information, escalate privileges, install malicious programs on the application server, or use the server as a pivot point to gain access to the internal network. A third vulnerability, a medium severity stored cross-site scripting vulnerability, tractors CVE 2020-28938, allows an unauthenticated attacker to embed a payload that, if clicked by an admin user, would escalate privileges on the attacker's account. While the application code contained measures to prevent cross-site scripting, it was found that these measures could be bypassed according to Bishop Fox. HTML tags that could be included with user input were limited to a whitelist specified in slash lib slash check.php. That, that means that in a real attack scenario, attackers could send a malicious link to victims which, when clicked, would allow them to force actions on behalf of another user, according to Bishop Fox. The, to demonstrate impact, and cross-site scripting payload was embedded into a patient's medical record with the lower-privileged administrative user role, researchers explained. When clicked by an administrator, this payload created a new admin account under the attacker's control, thereby allowing them to escalate privileges. The last vulnerability is low-impact path traversal issue. No CVE was assigned that could allow an authenticated attacker to store files outside of designated directories on the application server. Admin users could upload new themes to the application through the admin slash theme underscore new dot php endpoint. According to researchers, this caused new files to be created under the CSS folder in the directory where OpenClinic was installed. It was possible to navigate out of the CSS folder and store the files elsewhere on the file system. Uh, so OpenClinic, if you're using it, I don't know of anybody who is, but Obviously, there are people out there using it. Uh, you you have some issues to address because they have not been patched, and that's so that's the real problem. Um, that's some scary stuff. On Bleepy Computer, Android app still exposing messages of 100 million users despite bug fix. So we told you about Go SMS Pro, which is an Android instant messaging app that 100 million installs with over 100 million installs is still exposing the privately shared messages of millions of users even though the developer has been working on a fix for the flaw behind the data leak for almost two weeks. The flaw discovered by Trustwave researchers three months ago and publicly disclosed on November 19th enabled unauthenticated attackers to gain unrestricted access to voice messages, videos, and photos privately shared by GoSMS Pro users. Private files sent by users to contacts who don't have GoSMS Pro installed can be accessed from the app server via a shortened URL, which redirects to a content delivery network server used to store all the shared messages. However, the shortened URLs sent to the contacts without the app were sequentially generated each time files were shared between users and the media stored on the CDN server. So in other words, you'll have URL.com slash 
oneurl.com slash two. So if you got one and you just change the number to two, then you could potentially see more incriminating text messages. Uh, and that apparently, so this was discovered three months ago, was made public two weeks ago, and it's still not fixed. And another school system, Alabama School District, shut down by ransomware attacks. So we told you about Baltimore. We've talked about it a couple times now. Ransomware operators have attacked the Huntsville City School Districts in Alabama, forcing them to shut down schools for the rest of the week and possibly next week. This is going to be one of the most epic school years ever um, for a lot of students. The Huntsville City Schools District is the lar sixth largest school district in Alabama with almost 24,000 students, 2,300 employees, and 37 schools. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the school district offered both in-school instruction and fully online learning experience, which most school systems are doing. On November 30th, just as students returned from Thanksgiving break, the school district performed an early dismissal of students after a cyber attack disrupted their IT systems. To prevent the ransomware from spreading to devices loaned to students and faculty, the district asked that all district-issued devices be shut down and remain off until told otherwise. Students, families, and faculty and staff members should shut down their district-issued devices and ensure that devices remain off until further notice. Additionally, stakeholders should avoid logging to any HCS platforms at both school and home, Huntsville City Schools District man uh, stated in message to parents. Soon after, the Huntsville City School Districts acknowledged that it was a ransomware attack and that they were forced to shut down schools for the rest of the week and possibly into next week as they recover. Families have been warned to be suspicious of any emails from the Huntsville City Schools District requesting student information as it could be phishing attack from the ransomware threat actors. Families will not receive any district correspondence requesting their student's name or personal information. HCS encourages families to be extremely cautious in sharing personal information with anyone, avoid opening any emails, and do not click on any links from the unfamiliar email accounts, the district warned. As ransomware gangs commonly steal unencrypted data from encrypting devices, before encrypting devices, some parents express concerns about whether student information was compromised. You guys need to be extremely transparent with this process and we need to know exactly what info was compromised on your servers and how it was achieved, a parent posted to Facebook. And they do not know which ransomware group was behind this attack yet. And we have some HIPAA breaches to report. Fairchild Medical Center in Yreka, it's spelled Y-R-E-K-A, California unless they're misspelling it, I don't know, has stated has started notifying certain patients with that some of their protected health information may have been accessed by unauthorized individuals over the Internet. In July, Fairchild Medical Center was notified by a third-party security company that a server had been misconfigured, which allowed it to be accessed via the Internet. So it's kind of, kind of like an S3 bucket being misconfigured. Assisted by third-party computer specialists, the medical center determined patient information could potentially have been accessed by unauthorized individuals. The server contained medical images along with the patient names, dates of birth, patient identification numbers, exam identification numbers, offering, ordering provider names, and exam dates. The misconfiguration had occurred on December 16, 2015 and not corrected until July 31, 2020, so almost five years after changes were made to secure the server, they were verified by a third-party security company. Forensic investigation could not confirm whether patient information was accessed by unauthorized individuals during the time the server was exposed, but the possibility could not be ruled out. Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare is notifying 8,022 individuals that a software error 
and its enrollment data management system causing individuals mailing address to be associated with another address associated with the individual's health plan. As a result of the error, more mailings or some mailings may have been misdirected to the address of subscriber of the individual's health plan to a former address. The issue was traced back to an error that occurred in 2013. The types of information that may have been disclosed varied from mailing to mailing and potentially included the member's name, ID number, date of birth, telephone number, dates of service, provider names, treatment information, charges for services, deductibles, copay amount, and coinsurance information related to health care coverage. The issue has now been corrected and the process of system updates has been reviewed and enhanced. Affected individuals have been asked to check their activity summaries and to report any suspicious entities or entries to Harvard Pilgrim immediately. You should report suspicious entities too, but... Valley Center, California-based Indian Health Council, Inc. was the victim of a ransomware attack in September that resulted in file encryption and may have impacted patients' protected health information. The cyber attack was discovered on September 22nd, and independent computer forensic experts were engaged to assist with the investigation. A review of the files accessible to the attacker revealed some contained patient information such as names, date of birth, health information and health insurance information and for a limited number of individuals information about health conditions treatment or diagnosis information following the attack passwords were changed and security has been strengthened to prevent further attacks additional measures implemented include further controls covering remote access and multi-factor authentication uh, so this was a, a ransomware attack sounds like they got in through um, remote desktop based on that that response. Um, all patients affected by the breach have now been notified. The, the, re, the breach report submitted to the Office of Civil Rights indicates 5,769 individuals were potentially affected. So I don't know what Indian Health Council does, but if they went work from home during the pandemic and then were remote desktop, using remote desktop to get into the internal network, sounds like there's a good chance that that was how the ransomware attack occurred. That is one of the more common ways in. All right, that is going to do it for the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.